Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome to DraftKings, new sponsor for us. Happy to have them. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Fellas, happy Monday. We are joined by a guest today. Very exciting. You know him. You love him. He's Stephen Wino. He covers hockey for the AP and is the author of a brand new book uh, from Triumph Books. That's where I wrote my book. How about that? Hey, We're nice. colleagues. Uh, odd man in hockey's emergency goalies in the wildest one day job in sports. Uh, get that anywhere fine books are sold, uh, including the Triumph Books website. Steven, thanks for being with us and congrats on the uh, big project. Thank you very much. Glad to be teammates with you. Yeah, see, and Marion Hosa, teammate. And, and Scott Power and our, and our good friend Scott Powers, yes. Well, him too, but more Hosa than anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us about the book. I, obviously, the title says a lot, and uh, Blackhawks fans have a really, uh, you know, fond memory of Scott Foster's uh, unforgettable night on March 29th, 2018. Um, but this book kind of details all those guys who got into the action as emergency goalies, right? Yeah, it's it's the, it's the weirdest thing in sports, right? I mean, one of the weirdest things in sports that, that there's no other league where someone who's not in the league in a given on a given night can play in a game in that league. It just it doesn't happen. And and we saw it obviously with, with Scott Foster in 2018. We saw it with David Ayers uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes in in, in Toronto, um, and, and Tom Hodges for for the Dallas Stars or for the Anaheim Ducks in Dallas end of last year. But there's so many of these stories of like near misses of guys who didn't get into games. Even the the, the equipment manager for uh, for Carolina. A few years ago, got in for seven seconds or so at the end of a game. But the, but then Scott Foster, like he really played. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. He had to, he had to make seven saves in an NHL game against the likes of, of Dustin Bufflin and Blake Wheeler and those guys with the Jets. No, it's 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 it was cool. I, I wrote this uh, as a story back in in 2017 when George Alves, the the Carolina Hurricanes quit manager, went into a game, and, and one of my bosses at the time was like, "This is like just a weird concept." And so after it actually happened with Scott Foster and David Ayers, it's like, maybe it's more than a story. More, maybe it, it's a book and uh, cool to be able to, to, to tell these guys stories. So what, what went into then that, that writing process as you saw some more emergency goalie situations and then decided, hey, this is, this is more than just, a, just one story? 
Yeah, it was, what was nice, actually, is I had the context for a lot of these goalies already because I did done the story in, in 2017. I, I knew about kind of Carter Hutton's story of, of being a kind of an e-bug and, and then turning, obviously, into an NHL goalie. Some of the old guys, uh, like Jim Schoenfeld's son, uh, Nathan Schoenfeld, uh, some of the just the older guys who dress, even if they just dress for warm-ups, or they, were, they went to the locker room, they put the, a uniform on. So it, it, having known all of those guys and, and having contact information with them before, it was a matter of, of okay, how how do you structure this story? And it's easy to, like, we're, we're talking hockey. Like, it's, it's cool when, when hockey people are goalies. That everybody just wants to, like, is so willing with their time to talk. I actually sat down at a, at a brewery with, with Scott Foster and, and, and did the, inter, the entire interview with him uh, – having some flights of beer or whatever and, and did do the whole thing. And yeah, it's uh, it, it was nice to have all of that and then get to know Scott Foster, George Alves and David Ayers really well along the way of, of they're obviously the, the, the biggest names and, and the, the guys that everyone recognizes. You mentioned Carter Hutton and uh, he had a very interesting story. I actually enjoyed that chapter the most out of the book because Blackhawk fans will remember him. He played with the Rockford Icehawks for quite a while, was a black ace during the 2013 playoffs. But, you know, my favorite story, I don't want to give away two ways, just what happened with him and his his Flyers jersey. Um, <laughs> but, okay, but like, I never – that was so interesting because I never knew. I just knew him as a longtime Rockford guy and then went to Predators. But what made it so interesting about his story? Great. That's actually my favorite chapter. Like, that was, that was the, the chapter I enjoyed the most because – I mean, obviously, people saw the Scott Foster game. They saw the David Ayers game. They saw George Alves and and, and Tom Hodges, and, and everyone saw that. Very few people remembered that Carter Hutton was on a PTO with the Flyers, actually with their minor league team, back in 2010. It was the year that that uh, that, I, that the Flyers obviously lost to the Blackhawks in the final and went through seven different goalies that year. And I just remember at the time, that, like, he, like knowing that, knowing about Carter Hutton and, and him dressing for a, a Jersey off your back game. And I remember talking to him about this in, in 2017 because he's like, well, it's Jersey off your back night. And, and some fans going to get Chris Pronger and some poor schlub's going to get my Jersey. Um, <laughs> and so, and, and, and it happened. And, and I somehow, I don't even remember how this happened, but I think I actually talked to Carter and he still had the phone number of, of the fan who got the Jersey and, and on the drive home was like, I, I'm not going to appreciate this as much as he is and, and wound up contacting flyers and, and sending the Jersey back to Carter. Carter got, uh, framed it for his parents with a, with a nice note, like his first ever NHL Jersey. And it, it's, it's, it's my favorite because not a whole lot of people know it. And, 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 and not to say I discovered Carter Hutton, I didn't, but like, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice. One of those things that years ago that the extra phone call you make is like, Hey, did you remember that I did this or, or that? And it was fortunate that Brian Boucher, who, who was kind enough to do the forward, I covered him in Philly at my first year covering the NHL in, in 2010-11, and he was the other goalie in that game. So it was it was nice to have kind of that background and knowledge. And then just it, it's like the, the whole book is like every man, like anybody can do this. And then to see Carter Hutton go from dressing in a game on a PTO and, and then have a 10-year career as an NHL goalie, that's, that, it was, it, that was a really – that was my that was my favorite story to tell. Yeah, that's so cool. And it's funny. You think, like, you see adults come to the baseball games with their mitts on. Like, what do you think they're going to ask you to play? We'll start seeing fans coming <laughs> full goalie gear. Like, hey, just in case, I got to be ready to go. You never know yeah. uh, when, when it might be called upon. But the Scott Foster thing, you know, it just took on a life of its own in Chicago. You still see people – 
with uh, Foster jerseys on at Hawks games. And <laughs> it's just such a – it is such a – for a while, I was actually kind of sick of it because it just would not go away. It would not relent. I'm like, all right, can we just get back to <laughs> the old puckaroo, as we call it? Um, I think he got sick of it, too. Yeah, but it just it, – stuff like this just captures the hearts of sports fans and, and, you know, especially hockey fans. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people are so interested in this story? I think it's just because it's so weird, right? I mean, like, it's just the fact, like, if Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers get hurt in a game, there's not a Division three quarterback <laughs> sitting there in the stands ready to play, right? Like, that that's what it, – it's just the, the wackiest thing. And, and and in doing the book, there was also a couple of near misses and scares along the way where it's like, holy cow, like, this is going to be another chapter of the book. And it wound up being that with, with Tom Hodges too. But the weird the, – the fun thing about Scott Foster also is, like, he didn't want any attention. A- after the night of – like, he, he he went to Adam Rogoin, who was the Blackhawks PR guy, and said, I, I don't want to do anymore. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, he, he didn't want to be – he didn't want to do the full media tour and, and, and the whole blitz uh, of that. He just wanted to go back to living his life and being an accountant and playing beer league hockey – but it is a fascinating story, and, and and he did open up. I was a little concerned he wasn't going to talk for the book, but then when I was able to, to get in touch with him, he's like, it's been long enough now that I'm out of my, like, rehearsed speech about kind of what it was like and, and the <laughs> yeah. sort of thing where he was, like, willing – he had, like, almost – forgotten he, it, was, it was nice to kind of walk down memory lane with him but yeah it's it, it, it it's it's a fascinating thing because it's just and, and it's happened throughout NHL history that uh, Lester Patrick as a coach go into a game uh, in, in a Stanley Cup final game and, and that sort of thing it, it's it's just one of the oddities of hockey that doesn't exist anywhere else I really like the way Foster handled that and I'm glad you brought that up because when it's like the Moonlight Graham situation you know, like in Feel the Dreams, where it's like, this guy had zero at bat. What does this all mean? The fact that Scott Foster did not do the media tour and did not, you know, he wasn't on Good Morning America the next day and doing all this stuff, it makes it a little more magical, a little more mystical. And, you know, he'll have the off the picture of him, you know, making a save or in the huddle celebrating the win with all the Hawks in his office for the rest of his life. And it could be a cool story he tells instead of something where people are like, oh, my God. And, you know, I'm so tired of hearing this. Almost like the way people around Notre Dame kind of feel that way about the actual Rudy Rudiger. It's like, (laughs) dude, go away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you had your moment. You got the movie. Like, we appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I think Foster handled it very gracefully. And uh, I think it, it just makes the story cooler that he gets to say, come here, grandson or granddaughter, and let me <laughs> let me spin you a yarn about the time I played for the Hawks. Sure, Grandpa, let's get you back to sleep, you know. Um, <laughs> but I just think he handled it really well, and, and I'm glad your book uh, gives him a chance to tell it in, like, the non-PR and non-rehearsed kind of style that, that you know, at the time, John McDonough liked people saying things a certain way. And I, you know, I'm glad Foster got to say it in his own words, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and one, one of the, the cooler things, and again, not to give away too much of the book, but yeah. one of my favorite stories he told, and it's one of those things that as a, as a reporter, you get goosebumps when like someone tells you a story that's so great is at the Blackhawks convention that summer when, when, when Scott Foster kind of appeared and he and his wife spent a, a weekend in the city or night in the city to kind of like relax and had a babysitter for the kids and everything like that. They're in the elevator and, and kids got, autographed everything and his wife's like well like did you give her did you give her the autograph you wanted this weekend he's all everything everybody but one and of course it was scott foster so he's like, <laughs> he's like i can take care of you i can i can get you that autograph and just those little special moments of like that kid's never gonna forget that cool. and it was just it, it, it's cool because i don't think he's ever told that story before 
That's yeah. awesome. Well, and then you go to the other side of the spectrum and you have a guy like David Ayers who uh, <laughs> I feel like he, he took, he took every opportunity to, to, to talk about his experience and, and you know what? Good for him because there's not, not many times where, you know, this, this kind of thing happens, but then he kind of went all over the place telling, telling his story and, and whatnot. What was it like talking with him? Um, kind of one of the, the most known, uh, emergency goalie situations in, in, in recent years. Yeah, he, 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 did, he did the opposite. And I think from, from a good standpoint for, for David Ayers is he was able to talk about his kidney transplant and, and, yeah. and kind of the kidney charity he's part of as kind of doing all of this. It, the, the David Ayers thing was 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 interesting because Pace, Pace Sagister was a, a Hurricanes PR guy uh, and was the guy who was with Ayers basically every step of the way. He happened to work in Washington, so I knew him well. And it, and as much as – what was different about the David Ayers story is it was so well-known – and so, and, and everybody watched it, and it was the biggest story in the league. It was right before the pandemic, and all those things. It was trying to find the things with David and, and everybody around him that weren't as obvious, because you still have to tell the story for non-hockey fans who kind of didn't know it, didn't watch it. But trying yeah. to like find out like his life story beyond just okay, and a kidney transplant, this and that. Like one of the my a good buddy Zach Boyer of mine said. Just ask these guys why they became a goalie. Like, like what was mm-hmm. it? Just very generally, like as almost like an icebreaker. But like, there's cool stories about why it happened. Why these guys, whether it's the gear or the their uh, George Alves is uh, cleaned uh, an office of a goalie he used to play in the NHL, so he wanted to become a goalie and mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing. But David was just like Scott and and, and George, very good with his time. I, I got a chance to see to speak with Sarah Ayers also in uh, in Raleigh. And, and kind of see, be there for a game when he when he did the siren and, and that sort of thing. He's almost become like a cult hero in the way that that Scott Foster, I guess, is a little bit in Chicago. But it, it's it's maybe it's recency bias. Maybe it's the fact that it that it happened so recently. It was on Toronto in Toronto on in the center of the hockey universe and all that. That he has become a very public figure with this. And and. It was try. It really was trying to find the things about kind of his life, and and also this wound up being a lot of conversations with these guys because you, you you talk to them, you do these interviews, and then you're writing and you're like, well, I forgot to ask this. I need to do like a follow up interview with <laughs> yeah. him. Of like, I don't want to make assumptions, and I'm and, and like in theory, like you, you there's a certain amount of information available on the internet and those sort of things, but you don't want to make an ass- assumption about someone's life and what they did, and so it's basically like, give me your life story, and and it was it was. David Ayers more so than than anybody else. Scott Foster obviously played in, uh, goalie in college and went through some of that. But just David Ayers kind of as the – he's the ultimate everyman, right? Like he was just a guy working in an arena who drove a Zamboni and all these sort of things and, and kind of bounced around jobs and, and all these other things. And all of a sudden he's in the NHL. And, and yeah, it, it's he, – he, he was a challenging one because the story was so well known. Yeah, it, it helps that that happened in Toronto. As as four veterans of NHL Twitter, we all know the world revolves <laughs> around the Maple Leafs and anything they all do. Times, so, yep. and not even even the things that they don't do. How does it affect the Maple Leafs? Um, <laughs> but that's that's the coolest thing about your book that I really appreciate it is those backstories. We remember the names, remember the games, but we don't know much about the guys other than their couple of minutes of fame that they got. And so you really do a great job telling the backstories of, you know, and as a guy that covered the AHL for, for multiple seasons, I, I love those, those guys that just career minor league guys that finally get a shot at the big time. I mean, nobody's ever written a book or made a movie about a team that's supposed to win. It's always those underdog <laughs> stories that people want to hear. 
But in the writing process, what was your favorite like little tidbit or story that you didn't know ahead of time, but you learned during the process? What's the one that sticks out the most to you? That's a really good question. I, I think what what fascinated me was even having done the story in 2017, there were so many cases that I just missed. And there was there was a situation. I think it was 2003 in Vancouver. This this was one of my favorites. That that I, I guess people knew about it, but uh, Johan Hedberg had a, an e bug for the night. Uh, Chris Levesque and was a, a, a kind of a near miss situation that Johan Hedberg broke his wrist. Johan Hedberg played an entire rest of the game on a broken wrist so that he wouldn't force an e-bug to go into the game that was one that that even through my my research over the years i didn't i, I didn't know about or i or, wow. I, or i'd known about and forgotten along the way but <laughs> you, you got this kid who in theory this could happen in 03 and, and scott foster was kind of like the the first new case of a guy who had to play in a game george alves in in carolina again he, he got he got in net it was a cool thing but it was eight seconds and so the chris levesque story in, in 03 and and even talking to him now like do you wish it would have happened and and I don't know what would have happened. I don't know what how I don't know how the course the trajectory of e-bugs would have changed if that happened, or if he got lit up. Honestly, if any of these guys had gotten lit up, I, I don't know what would have changed and kind of of the league rules and that sort of thing. Which is why it was really hard. Uh, and, and some of the feedback I got for the, for the book is it's hard to end a story that hasn't ended, right? Like like I, I tried to spin it forward. Like what's what's the future this going to be? But you don't know. I mean, this could happen in D.C. tonight. I'm uncovering Capitals Canucks tonight. It could, this could happen again and keep happening to the point where, where the rules change. But I, I imagine if that happened to Chris Levesque in 2003, someone would have probably written this book before I got a chance to. Well, if, if they didn't change it after the Maple Leafs lost to an emergency backup, then it's never going to get changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but though, Chris Levesque's like, yeah, I I, I was kind of like, you sure that wrist is okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm happy to go in there and get my five minutes of fame. I'm interested. I don't know if this is uh, if you covered this in a book or not, but like, how does that paycheck come? Do you just get <laughs> do they just like mail them a check for one game's worth of a veteran minimum? It doesn't. They These don't? guys don't get paid. Oh, that's see that. and there, there. There was there was the whole, there and, and and there's always well, been kind of the yeah, and exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, technically, though, like Scott Foster, he's like, I'm like a Blackhawks alum now. Like technically, like he's part of the alumni. I, I don't know if there's, there's, there's a secret handshake or something that goes with that. But he's actually an <laughs> alum. And there was always like this kind of urban legend of, oh, it's 500 bucks and, and you get to keep your jersey. In some cases, the guys didn't even get to keep their jersey. Guys who, who were just went to the locker room uh, and, and didn't actually go into the game or didn't get to the bench and that sort of thing, that they don't even get to keep that. I mean, there, there are guys who, who actually – physically sat in a, in a dressing room. They're like, give me the Jersey back. And he, I, we need to use it tomorrow night. <laughs> and so, so th not even, not even being able to keep that plus obviously uh, not getting paid. That's I wonder so what wild. would happen if one of these guys that got in, got injured. I mean, being not being, uh, right. I'm sure that's yeah. in the contract just, of, of something, but that's, that's but would be interesting. To it, see. That would probably make it go away real yep. quick. <laughs> that, and, and that is something I actually, I, I did talk to these guys about and, and specifically David Ayers and he's like, well, what if I'd gotten hurt? Like, like, I, and, and in theory, like, there's an insurance policy that, that that goes with signing an ATO, an amateur tryout contract, or PTO. But he's like, what if I got hurt and like missed work? Like, is it workman's compensation? That sort of thing. <laughs> that like everyone, and it's, and I, I've talked to Bill Daly about this. It's like everyone's like kind of just cringing when these guys go in the game because it's a great story, but also it can go badly real fast. And and yeah. and I even mean, Tom Hodges, who went in on game eighty two for the Ducks last year. He played well. He allowed he allowed a goal on three shots, but that 
became that that switched the standings around. I mean, the the Predators blew a, a four goal lead at Arizona that night, and the Stars beating the Ducks in that game meant the Stars wound up playing. Uh, they wound up being Stars Flames and Avalanche Predators instead of the other way around. Literally, like there's a chance that Tom Hodges an e bug going into a game caused the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. Like the, the domino effect <laughs> of all of that. Wow. It, it, and 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 Tom was, was very reticent to, to talk. I mean, yeah, it's it, it just like the weird, like butterfly effect of, of, of all of this is like that could have changed the course of, of NHL history. And, and Tom was getting and it wasn't his fault, but there was a lot of kind of questions at the time about why is the system exist and all that. And, and Tom was a little reticent because he didn't want to be kind of the face of this. But yeah, it, it, in theory, if David Ayers, remember, he allowed goals on the first two shots he faced. If mm-hmm. he allowed eight goals to the Leafs who are fighting for a playoff spot, uh, in, in that sort of situation, who knows? And, and that's that. This could go badly, and and in multiple ways, whether it's injury or, or these guys giving up a lot. I just uh, I don't know. And you're right. And uh, but what is the solution? I don't know what I don't know how else to solve it. You can't have an infinite number of goalies on your roster just in case. And I know like I I always I don't know why I remember this, but Marty Booker was like the Bears' fourth quarterback. If all hell broke loose, Marty Booker could take snaps under center, right? Is there not a guy on each team who's played some goalie in his career that can just get you to the end of the game? I don't know, but I, I wonder if there is a if there is a a solution to this because you're right, someone's going to get hurt or or it's going to you know shift the tide of a playoff race and and the beloved Maple Leafs will be you know they need to use an e bug and then they miss the playoffs by not winning that game and then everything's got to be redone. Is there a workable solution in your mind, Stephen? No, I, and that the question is, and and, and, I, and I write kind of the, the the options that could exist here mm-hmm. because you and, and and one of the more popular kind of ideas from kind of the hockey operations management people was to have a third goalie who would rotate in from the minors, like like you'd only keep a goalie up for two weeks, but you'd have a third goalie with you at all times. The problem is there's two nets, and nobody likes to have three goalies in practice. Yeah. Like like you're never going to find an NHL team who likes having three having three goalies because there's only two nets to practice with. Right. Uh, so it's, it's not a perfect solution, especially when most of these minor league goalies are, are, are prospects and teams want them playing games. Uh, maybe some sort of traveling e-bug, someone who is the permanent e-bug, who is not counting against the salary cap, who's a practice goalie is another option. Uh, th- there's no perfect solution to this, which is why I think it still exists uh, of, of having e-bugs, because there's no really better way to do this. Uh, Artem Anisimov actually dressed for or started getting dressed for a game for the Senators uh, last season and the season before that just because they didn't have any options. Like there was no e-bug in the building. The pandemic also changed rules with like the taxi squads and those sort of things of, of, and nobody like that. I mean, I just talking to goalies who were on the taxi squad that didn't help anyone uh, to, to, to be there and continue getting paid a minor league salary and having to be in the NHL. Once one possibility that, that some folks brought up to me, is having women talkie goalies available. And, and, and even if it's a rotation of some of the best national team or, 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 or premier Fed, hockey federation goalies on call to be able to play like Menon Rayom did for, for the lightning and a couple exhibition games in the early nineties, that there's no real easy solution to this. But I, and I do think, unfortunately it would take a case where one of these goalies does come in and get embarrassed for something to really change. Yeah, get those goalie coaches out there. Let's let's see the old guys. See if they still got their <laughs> see reflexes. See what Jimmy Waits got left. 
<laughs> well, yeah. that's, 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 well, that's what the start. One of these, the, the reasons that, that this started and became a thing was in, in 2015, the Florida Panthers, Roberto Luongo went to the hospital. Al Montoya got hurt and everyone's trying to figure out what do we do now? Rob Tallis was the goalie coach. Remember he played for a little bit mm-hmm. in, in the nineties. And so the, the theory behind the e-bug is it levels the playing field. Cause if you got Marty Brodeur for the devils or for the blues, I guess at the time, and, and then another place in a team like Arizona or, or, or Dallas doesn't have that kind of former goalie available. It's they're trying to make it an even playing field for a less than ideal situation. Interesting. Well, I can't wait to read the book, Stephen. Uh, everybody listening, make sure you pick it up. It is called odd man in hockey's emergency goalies and the wildest one day job in sports out now uh, from triumph books uh, as a book author myself i recommend bookshop.org it is a good place that supports local uh, booksellers and they need your support more than ever but anywhere fine books are sold you can find uh steven's book steven uh thank you so much for joining us it's an awesome idea i'm glad it's getting done and uh can't wait to read it. i know our listeners are going to love it too thanks so much thanks for having me and thanks for doing this of course man thank you so much that is Stephen Wino from the AP. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at S Wino. That's S W H Y N O. Really great stuff, and uh, yeah. I look forward to picking up that book. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good read, and just an, it's funny it's ever been written about before. But Stephen's the guy to do it. He's all over it. He's got connections all over the league, and it sounds like the 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 method he used to make this happen is spot on, and it's gonna be great. Can't yeah, wait. it's so interesting, like what there there's no other rule like it in 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 sports where yeah some some dude off the street is gonna potentially play tonight like it's just so crazy i'm just trying to think of like what other like what other sport could have something like this similar happen and you talk about anything in football you've got 52 men on the sideline right you're gonna find someone who can take a snap and make a handoff or you just go to the wildcat right Mm -hmm. uh a catcher in baseball well you find a first baseman you hand him a catcher's mitt and say just try to get us through this game as much as you can right you got positions players to pitch all the time you know there's really no basketball i mean you have enough you have enough bench players to to replace guys but there was a there was a situation a few years ago in college basketball where I think it might've been Minnesota or something. They had, they were like injury riddled. Like, I think they only had like seven guys on, on, on the, uh, that were healthy at the time. And something like two guys got ejected and they played like five on three for like half of a, a half of a half or something <laughs> like that. It was so I, I, yeah, it's power play, crazy, basketball. but yeah, yeah, basketball it was, would it be was the- weird. The only one that I could see something like that, you know, where would, you, know, you got a team it. that's injured and, and a couple guys fall out and you can pick up a I guy mean, from the Y. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like look at the beer vendor. Hey, can you tall. shoot a, can you shoot a 20 footer? Put pull, down the beer tray, put pull, out a jersey. Let's go. Pull Drake from the front row and there you go. Give give him a jersey. Drake and Spike. Oh, you know, he, the you know he, uh, he'd be the he'd be the uh recipient of a flagrant foul from the other team as quickly as possible. <laughs> All that trash that. talk he does. That'd be funny. Yeah. Put Spike Lee in the game. Let's see what he could do. It's crazy though. Yeah. Well, pick up Steven's book. It's yeah. uh, it's going to be great. And uh, it is great. It's already out. I just didn't it's get my a, copy It's a yet. really, it's a really good read. Uh, very easy read, you know, for guys like me who don't do a lot of actual reading. It's a great, it reads easily. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 I consume the, the most of my really books, large the audio and... version. <laughs> 
That's what I meant. Yeah, I do a yeah. lot of my audio books on walks and in the car, but no, very cool, cool book. Lots of awesome backstories. You learn about yeah. these guys and the whole process, the Carden Hutton, Hutton uh, chapter. I never knew any of this stuff about him. I just thought he just appeared from the sky and landed in Rockford one day. So <laughs> lots of really cool uh, background information on these dudes. They did. They deserve their story to be told in full. And Steven does a great job. Yeah. Check it out. Odd man in hockey's emergency goalies and the wildest one day job in sports. Uh, fellas, guess what? Today I went to Pete's. I don't know how we, how do we Chicagoize Pete's market? Do we just call Pete. it Pete? Pete. <laughs> All right. Pete's I, Pete. I pizzas. went to the I saw my market guy Pete. The pizzas. The pizzas? Whatever. I went to Pete's fr- fresh market today and uh on Harlem there and I, I needed to get some some groceries as you do. And my wife said, You know what I need? I need some chicken lunch meat. So I went to the deli counter and I saw the Green Ridge Farm roasted chicken and I bought it. Oh, and it's yeah. the first time she had had it, and she said this is really good. This is our new lunch meat. I said, yes, it is, <laughs> because they're a sponsor of CHGO, and we love them. Uh, Greenbridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. The deli meats, the sausages, and their famous meat sticks. I got some of those today, the spicy chili. They are perfect for tailgating, happy hours, or school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours, 16 grams of protein per stick, they are a perfect post-workout snack. They come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. I got the spicy chili today. If you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. You've got to try these out. And here's a really opportunity, a really great opportunity to do so. If you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. You can always find them in your refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store, like Pete's. I've seen it at the Jewels. I've seen it at the Mariano's all over the place. Green Ridge Farm, Simply Natural Meats. Hey, guys, I got a question. Have you ever, like, been apprehensive to buy a pair of sunglasses just because, you know, hey, they're very expensive and I don't want to lose them or break them. I know I'm going to leave them in on a bus yes. or and I have a yes. giant head and I'll look weird in them. They're going to fall in lake. the bottom of the chain of lakes, <laughs> yeah. uh, something weird like that. Well, yeah. you know what? Mm-hmm. Our new friends at shady rays has all of that covered. All that apprehensiveness is out the window. When you check out ShadyRays.com. they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends of shady rays have you covered shady rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about shady rays is they have the most insane protection program in all of Iowa lost and broken replacement. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked dropped in the lake. Did they fall off a cliff? <laughs> Anything. They'll replace them. Did the emergency goaltender to steal them from you and break them while on the ice? Well, they'll, they'll replace them for you. <laughs> Even with that strong protection program, they still manage to make quality that I have to t- tell you, they are the, they seem like the most expensive pair of sunglasses that I've ever worn and I own four different pairs of them. I love them and many of the Shady Rays customers agree as they have over 200,000 five-star reviews on their sites. Another great thing about Shady Rays is they provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order place and they've donated over 20 million deals to date. So you're going to look great, you're not going to spend a t- ton of money and you're going to do a good deed. You're going to help people in need. 
get food when they when they can't. So they stand behind their product, and they told our team here at CHGO that if anyone has a problem, they will throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. Either you love the shades or Shady Rays will pay the, to ship them back. That's it. End of story. And because they love you guys as much as we do, they have an exclusive deal for our listeners and it's one that can't be beat. Use the code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. I'm not a math expert, but that's buy one, get one free. Mm. You can get two pairs of awesome sunglasses for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. That is a fantastic deal, and uh, I'm looking forward to mine arriving. Got my new regular glasses. Now I need my new Shady Rays, and we'll be all set to go. Um, bit of a story dropped today uh, on The Athletic. Pierre Lebrun uh, and his Lebrun's rumblings. Uh, the headline, potential timing on a Patrick Kane trade. And uh, he caught up with Kane's agent, Pat Brisson, or Brisson? 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 Brisson. 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 Uh, of CAA Sports. Uh, side note, I have a friend who's an agent in L.A., and when you drive by the CAA offices, they call it the Death Star. Because it's just like this big, black, intimidating building that you need like eyeball scans to get into. And it's incredible. That sounds about right. Yeah, lockdown fortress. Um, But the story basically is comparing Patrick Kane this year, his situation, to Claude Giroux's last year. Uh, Both guys, obviously franchise legends. Giroux with the Flyers, Kane with the Hawks. Uh, They've got all the control, you know, 100% no movement. They can dictate where they go. Um, and they both wanted to see, like, how is the year going to go? How is it going to play out? The one difference I'm going to say between Giroux and Kane, because what Bers- what Brisson says is, here's a quote. We realized by November that if Giroux wanted a chance of trying to win a cup last season, he'd have to make a decision and he picked Florida. Great. Patrick Kane's already won three cups. So Giroux is definitely was definitely cup chasing. He had not won one before and thought my best chance at the cup is in Florida. Logical, right? We all thought right. Florida had a really solid chance of winning last year. So so there's the difference. Um, but just kind of talking about the timeline and the process of see how it goes, wait it out, see how he feels, and then they have to determine kind of as the year goes on, not only do they want to stay in Chicago, but where are the places they're willing to play? Mm-hmm. I think the I think that's that's definitely one one caveat to the comparison between Kane and Drew. I think the other one is Philly, uh, to my knowledge, was not expressive in, hey, uh, we're rebuilding here. There, th- Philly is in the mindset, even this season, yeah. trying to be like, hey, we're going to try and, and, and have a winning team. And yeah. I, th- I think for Drew, it was like, can I ride this last one out in Philly and then realized, no, that's not going to be the case. Whereas Kane coming into this season knows that they're not trying to do anything but tank. So it's, it's, it's less of a, can this team be a contender? It's more, can I endure what this process is going to be? with the losing and not having the teammates of the same quality player that I am and things like that. I think that's, I think that's another big difference between Giroux and, and Kane's situations. 
Yeah, the Flyers don't hire John Tortorella if they're rebuilding. So no, uh, no. John Tortorella doesn't go to the Flyers if they tell him they're rebuilding. So, yeah, that's a good point. That's a very glaring difference regardless yeah. of what mm-hmm. the actual rosters tell us. The mindset mm-hmm. is different. Uh, the most important takeaway I took from that bit where they really didn't tell us anything new about Patrick Kane. There wasn't anything breaking in there, but it was uh, – I don't know if it was refreshing is the right word, but the, the most interesting thing is is Pat Persone also said that they're not pressuring Patrick Kane in any way to make any kind of decision. They've kind of mm-hmm. they've left it up to him, and we've heard Kyle Davidson say that numerous times in the summer and ahead of the season that it's we're not we haven't had those discussions. We're not forcing the issue, and of course, a lot of people are like, "Yeah, right, whatever." I mean, yeah, you should always be skeptical of what a general manager says yeah. uh, in public. But to hear it from his agent as well, then that's good to hear that they are truly like, hey, you guys want to stay here? Awesome. You guys want to go elsewhere? That's cool, too. So that that's the biggest takeaway I had from it. Uh, and this storyline isn't going to go away for Kane or Taves. No. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, the awesome thing so far through three games is – yeah, Patrick Kane has been kind of pedestrian, but they're they're figuring that out with the chemistry and all that stuff. But man, Jonathan Taves is certainly making his trade value a little bit better mm-hmm. than it was, mm-hmm. say, yep. ten days ago. Uh, also, he keeps playing like fire. he has. Yes, yeah, he yeah. keeps playing like he's started the season, and we get this guy, then teams are going to start calling. Where you know the Taves we saw in the preseason, nobody's making a phone call to see if that's available. But this guy that we've seen through three games, all of a sudden he becomes a very uh, nice looking piece to a team trying to make a, uh, make a deep run. That's for sure. And and my, my only concern with, you know, I know you're, they have earned the right of course to go where they want to go and all those things and the dictate. Yes, absolutely. But my fear is like, shouldn't Kyle be investigating what could be out there Shouldn't he be taking calls as they come, you know, and if someone, I, I said this a while back, but if Colorado calls and says, we're going to give you three first round picks, let's make it happen. Does he have to wait? Like, does, can he not I just go to yeah. Pain and say, Hey, like, I know it's early. We got a dynamite offer for you. No pressure, but like this could alter our franchise and give you a chance to win a Stanley cup. You know, if Colorado says two first and Bowen Byram, you're just going to sit yeah. there and wait for Patrick Kane to say, hey, I want to be traded now. That's that's tough. That's a tough I think, situation. I think it comes into, well, you know, it's it's the no movement. So Kane obviously could say no to any potential conversation that, that Davidson has saying like, oh, we have this offer on the table for you. Would you consider? He could be like, no, I don't. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't have to go anywhere. And I, and I think for Davidson, um, I think he's very aware that calls will come for Patrick Kane, maybe not as abundantly as they uh, as they could be for Taze, but I'm sure there would be teams that would be interested in him later in the season, depending on how he's playing. But, but you know, the, there's there's a lot that Jonathan Taze can bring to a locker room, knowing the experience he's had, um, the leadership qualities that he does bring. Um, if there's a if there's a young team that's contending. Uh, you know, later in the season, maybe they bring in a, maybe they, they look at bringing in a guy like Jonathan Taze to, you know, say like, Hey, like you've, you've been through it all. Like tell these guys what it's about, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
but I think, you know, as far as like trying to figure out the market, I, I think one thing that Davidson's probably doing in saying like, we're not coming to these guys to ask them to, to wave or anything like that is I think it's partially, I know we've said he doesn't have any loyalty to anybody that, you know, the previous general manager, you know, ma- wrote his name on or anything like that. I think he's showing a little bit of the respect to those guys as to who they are, who, what they mean to the organization and everything like that to not, you know, try and sweep them out the door. I think they're, I think he's giving them a little bit of the respect to be like, look, like you guys are the leaders. You are the biggest voices on, on the team. Um, You know, you're, you're the biggest ticket sellers that we have right now. And, and you're definitely, you know, the most beloved players in the, in the fan base uh, currently on the roster. So, I think he's I think he's probably giving them that re- giving them that respect and not not trying to push them out the door because if if he, if he came to them and was just like hey we want to move you guys and they're like no we don't want we're we're no we have the ability to say no to any deal then you get probably some some disgruntled you know top players top veterans and then you have to deal with that in your yeah. in your locker room and your roster, and it causes a lot of headaches. So I, I think he's giving them a little bit of the the respect to the no movement clause to be like, we're not pushing them out the door. And he probably knows once it's on the market that these guys are are open to moving. There's they're not going to be fishing for calls. No, no, yeah. no. And and even yeah. Brisson kind of said that you know there's going to be or no, I actually think it was an NHL uh, source said there will be a huge bidding war for Patrick Kane when, when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, and I know I use an extreme example of Bowen Byram in multiple firsts. <laughs> there, the reality is that there's very few teams that can fit Patrick Kane's current contract on their roster, right? No, no one can yeah. take on 10 and a half or five and a half or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. There's, there's not many that at 50% could fit. Yeah. That's why it is more likely going to go as close to the wire as possible a because the deal becomes cheaper. B because the Hawks can kind of use that to drive up competition until the last minute and have somebody panic and say, "Okay, here's another first. Let's just get it done," mm-hmm. and they get it done. You know, that's sort of the hope. But it, going back to the Giroux comparison, I'm sure there's people in their car screaming, "What did you know? What did Philly get for Claude Giroux?" Good question. They got a first round pick in 2024, so not this coming draft, but the following. They got a third round pick in the 23 draft. Well. It wasn't even last summer's draft. So it was it's it yeah. was two two drafts yeah. would have to go past. 2024, 2023, yeah. uh, and Owen Tippett. Uh Owen Tippett is twenty-three years old. He'll turn twenty-four in February. Uh this is his fifth NHL season, probably his fourth full season. Um, he has played one hundred and sixteen games, eighteen goals, twenty-two assists for forty points. And if you want a comparison to Owen Former. Tippett, uh Kirby Doc has played 155 games, 19 goals, 41 assists for 60 points. So there's your comparison. That's kind of the level of prospect we're talking here. And it doesn't include a 2023 first-round pick. To me... Well, that's because they didn't have one. They already traded it. Yeah, but that I mean, I know that Giroux kind of said, I'm only going to Florida. That's where I want to go. So it t- right. tie their hands a little bit. But I don't think Kyle Davidson's trading Patrick Kane without a first-round pick in this year's draft. No, I doubt it. Uh, the, yeah, that first, that they didn't have their 2023 pick because they traded it the previous year for Ben Chirot. So the Canadians own that pick. So they didn't even have that to deal at the time. Uh, yeah, I would think it's a 2023 or bust kind of pick. You want to get as many picks in this first round as possible. I'm just trying to bring up the Avalanche. 
well, and, and, they still have theirs. Well, and then at that point, then if you're if you're you know getting steadfast on well, we want it to be in this year's first round pick. Then you know if you're talking about other actual rostered players or prospects, you're lowering those values too because you're you're outweighing it with a current first round pick rather than a future first round pick. So yeah, it's yeah. It, it it's gonna be it's gonna be messy. I I think the other thing too with with potentially waiting um, to the trade deadline that does that, that gives, you know, Patrick Kane a little bit of an advantage because what if the Rangers completely shit the bed this season and are not a contender and everyone loves to, you know, the, the, the popular destination is the Rangers. What if they're not in contention? He's not going to just go to New York to not make the playoffs anyways. You know, is, is it Colorado? Is it, is it Edmonton? What if Edmonton, you know, what if their goalie situation tanks their season? You know, there, there's a lot of teams that are assumed to be contenders that are assumed to be destinations. What if those teams aren't destinations anymore? Maybe, maybe Kane d- looks at the, looks at the landscape and says, I don't want to go to any of these places. Or he says, I want to go to this place and this place only. Right. And that's like, right. that's something that Hawks fans are going to have to prepare themselves for because mm-hmm. if Kyle Davidson is forced to deal with, the New York Rangers and the New York Rangers only. He can only acquire what they have, you know, and that gives the Rangers so much leverage. Yep. The value goes way down. And on the flip side of what you just mentioned there. Yeah. There could be a couple of these teams. We keep hearing that drop out and then, but there could be a couple new that unexpected that pop in that nobody was like, Hey, I didn't think the Montreal Canadians would be a contender, but here they are. And uh, Cole Caulfield is on a 60 goal season. (laughs) Hey, it could happen. Uh, FYI, Colorado does have a 2023 first round pick remaining. Mm. And if they give it up in the Patrick Kane potential deal or any trade at this deadline, that means they would not have a pick in the 2023 draft, one of the deepest classes in a long time until the fifth round. They no longer have their second, third, or fourth round pick. So that could be so. But again, Colorado's a team like, I don't give a rat's ass about this draft. We're trying to win a cup in 2023. Look, yeah. at, look at Tampa, what they did last year. They don't care about draft picks. Now, that may come back to haunt them. It will. Um, <laughs> but it's I'll, okay. Uh, you stack yeah. banners. I mean, but right, exactly. uh, banners hang they, forever. You don't care about that now. We don't care about the first round pick we gave up to win to get Anton Vermette in 2015 because we won the damn Stanley Cup that year. Mm-hmm, right. It was worth it. So if Colorado says, screw it, we don't need a draft at all this year, we kind of <laughs> don't based on their roster. Right. I mean, well, their and, core is young. Yeah, and all their ish. All their all their you know locked in players that you really care about are all you know in the early twenties. So yeah, you're not in a rush to get another stud prospect. I mean, sure, it'd be nice, but they don't necessarily need mm-hmm. it when you got McKinnon and McCarr and and Byron, Byron. will probably get locked up and and Taves is there for another. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. got your your core there. So would you, you want to win again? Would you trade a 2015 Cup for Jacob Larson? That's who the Ducks drafted in that spot. <laughs> no, Who? I no, wouldn't trade it. No. I wouldn't trade the 2015 cup from anybody in that 2015 draft. Correct. Well, Who was number McDavid. one overall. Well, Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take, I'll take the sure thing. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you put McDavid on, on those rosters, yeah, well, maybe. he was supposed to have three or four of those cups by now in Edmonton. And what, how's that gone? So that's my, well, that's, that's... T- take the sure thing. And you yeah. know, <clears throat> yeah, 
All right, maybe Connor McDavid. <laughs> but nobody else from that draft. Yeah, fair enough. That cup for that's that's fair. Definitely that's not fair. Jack Eichel. No, no, certified peen. Uh, <laughs> a and peen and a pud. A peen and a pud. Whack. Peen my, and a pud. My favorite morning show. <laughs> Two peens and a pud. Uh, but yeah, I you know the the Taves thing is is interesting too because you know the the way we felt coming into the season, the way he was in the preseason, we're all kind of like. Ugh. This might be it for for Taser. This might be his last season. He just doesn't seem to have much left in the tank. And then through the first three games, best hawk. He's in the conversation. That's for it's sure. The best line. Yeah. He's not outplayed Jason Dickinson. That's oh, well. For sure. it's, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, not yeah, many people can. He's yeah. I mean, he's he's looked engaged. He's looked like you know not a not a fully uh, rejuvenated, fully old Taze is back. But I mean. He, you know, he looks like he's, he's, he's in it. He's in it with, with, yeah. with the players. He's in it with, you know, his play on the ice. Um, and, and at this point, that's really all, all you could ask. The, the, the bar got lowered for, for Jonathan Taze after last season, both on and off the ice. And so far he's stepping over it. So that's good. Yeah, definitely. And it, just, he's, he's not a passenger and that's, that was a concern heading into the season based on how he played at the end of last year and in the preseason, He's not a passenger, and I will gladly eat crow and be wrong about, you know, Jonathan Taves. Uh, he's a very important piece to this team, and they need him to be engaged. You don't, you don't have to be the super 35 goals, 80-point season, but just be engaged and be the leader, and so far that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really happy to see it because I, I hate bagging on Jonathan Taves. Right. Too. And we've had to the last like since we started in March, you know, off season, like he has been bag worthy, you know, and it's just yeah. it sucks because it feels like sour grapes. And like, I think people that see it in snippets feel like it's hot takey, but he's been a disappointment since he came back before last season uh, on and off the ice. And to see him start the 2022-23 season the way he has is really encouraging. And not only, you know, putting the puck in the net and being good on the ice, but the off-the-ice stuff we've heard about so far, too, with Jack Johnson and on and on and on. You saw mm -hmm. him talking to Philip Kurashev, helping him out. Like, that's the stuff. And when he said, I don't know how to lead a team like this, well, so far it seems like he's taken some lessons. And if we're going to be critical when he fails, we've got to give praise when he succeeds. And so far through three games this season, he's succeeded. Yeah, yeah that, and, and that was the thing. Go ahead, Mario. I was just going to say, Richardson has kind of, you know, given up a, a bit, bits of information about how Taze has kind of stepped up um, yeah. to, through the start of the season. So that's good. Uh, also, yeah. you know, when we did our postgame show uh, late Saturday night, Sunday morning, we were sort of wondering how he was going to handle, like, some of the disciplinary stuff. We don't have, really have an answer on Athanasiu yet with his bad penalties and game and 10-minute uh, misconduct. But – uh, several times in his postgame presser, he went back to, I let the veterans handle it. I let mm -hmm. the team handle it. They, I started it, and the, and the veterans took it from there. I like that. And it, the fact that Richardson is willing to do that indicates to me that the very few veteran leaders they have in that room are stepping up, are showing that they give a shit, and are taking control of things. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I was just going to add that with all this stuff, you know, Taves we talked about since coming on the air in March it was more like when your dad would tell you that he's not mad at you he's disappointed <laughs> and it was just because you know Jonathan Taves set the bar so high during his career yep and then watch him come short you know come up short 
it was disappointing because you you thought there was more there and he's showing us that there is. So yes, absolutely. I've been very critical of him over the last year, but when he does good, I'm going to sing his praises because I think it's awesome. I think it's great. He's, he's one of the most important players in this franchise history, regardless of how it ends, you yep. can't take away what he's meant to this team. He was the captain of the greatest era of hockey in the city. So you, you want him to succeed. You want him to go out on a high note. Whenever his time in Chicago ends, I want it to be on his terms and with him feeling good. I don't want him leaving here or retiring, feeling bitter and disappearing uh, from the organization. You know, we've had enough of that in this team's history mm-hmm. of superstars just disappearing for like an entire generation and and not wanting anything to do with this organization and and for a guy like that to happen to Jonathan Taves would be a damn shame so it's it's very uh positive what we've seen so far and and good for him i mean the guy the guy earned, deserves a good uh back you know bounce back season after the last year was just just a yucky season on so tough, many levels yeah. tough yeah Tough to go so through. Good for him. Good for him to kind of get that out of his system, it looks like, and he's ready to to be a team captain. And, and you know what else is not disappointing? It's our friends over at FOCO. They will never, you will never be mad nor disappointed when you go visit FOCO.com because they will get you fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has got you covered from the United Center ice to your front room with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like our guy, Captain Jonathan Taze, with apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles, FOCO. That's F-O-C-O. Looking for the perfect gift for the hockey fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies that will fight off the chill from the United Center ice. So check out FOCO, F-O-C-O.com, or click on the link in the podcast description below. And... CHGO listeners are going to save 10% off all non-presale items when you use the promo code CHGO at checkout. Foco, check them out. Good stuff. Was it... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Blackhawk Speedo is gonna gonna come in handy when you uh, when you guys waiting head for, over I'm head off to the, Florida in the winter. Yeah, I'm waiting for the reverse retro model to come out. Yeah, well, not not, not too uh, not too much longer. You'll see what the uh, what the design is. It might just say Chicago right across the crotch. I am restraining myself. <laughs> I, I am showing that was that was some awkward dead silence. I was gonna, gonna say, I, was say I, thought, I thought that was tough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, that's, it's that's me, true. not you. That's true. Uh, was it snowing by you guys this morning? Yes, there yes. were snow yeah. flurries by me this morning. Yeah, it snowed awesome. by me too. It was pretty pretty crazy, but t- but it made me realize like, hey. Uh, winter is winter is on its way. Winter is coming, and uh, the it reminded me that my my golf bag is nice and secure in the basement, and it is waiting for uh, for April and the spring weather to come, so I can uh, take it back out, get back out on the course. But it also reminded me that there are definitely some people that are still out there golfing. Uh, some people at the range even uh, today, and they are going to be looking good out there in the cold, uh, braving the weather out on the course in their pins and aces apparel. Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO and the presenting sponsor for the Big Drive Energy podcast on the All City Network. Uh, They are a family-owned golf apparel business, so you got to love that. Making amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even 
a beer sleeve that goes right there in your bag and right next to your seven iron. And uh, it can store up to seven of your favorite beers inside the sleeve and keep them cold the entire round. Uh, I don't know how much uh, cold drinks are going to be uh, for you out there on the, on the links right now in October. Uh, but if that's your bag, go for it, put it in your bag. Uh, check out pinsandaces.com. Use the promo code CHGO. When you do that, you're going to get 15% off of your first order and you're going to get free shipping on that order as well. So again, that's pinsandaces.com, promo code CHGO. Get yourself decked out for some uh, cold weather golfing. Or if you're like me and you're going to wait till it warms up again, you can get that uh, spring gear early. Going to make a good Christmas present there, some pins and aces for the golf fan in your life. Absolutely. That's a great idea. I'm writing that down. I need gift ideas all the time. <laughs> and I know a lot of golfers, so thanks for that. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, a couple things we want to let you know about. We are expecting a conversation this week with Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wirtz. That will be coming to you probably Wednesday, potentially Thursday, but probably Wednesday. We're going to talk to Danny and Jamie about all things Blackhawks. We've got a 30-minute window to chat with them, so uh, we're going to try to do our best to get everything you want addressed addressed. If you have anything uh, you'd like us to ask, please hit us up on social media. Um, let us know, hey, I'd love to know this or that about uh, the way things happen behind the scenes for the Hawks. We'll try to get a question or two answered. But with the three of us, 30 minutes is going to fly yeah. by. And yes. real and real questions, not like, yeah. hey, ask Danny why. Blah, 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 blah. Ask like, why he sucks. Yeah, okay. Mike, we're gonna... <laughs> uh, yes, we have a question yes. here from Steve from Cicero. Danny wants to know why you suck. <laughs> don't, don't, don't use Steve from Cicero. We revealed his real identity a few episodes back. Uh, we have, a, we have a, a question from Twitter egg, Bob12345. Yeah. He wants to know when you're selling the team, Danny. Yeah. yeah. So, Why did you trade Alex Jabrinkit for nothing? By yeah. the way, at the end of the Bears game, when the fans were chanting, sell the team, was that to Snyder of the Commanders or was that to the McCaskies? I couldn't tell. It could have been either on that day. Yes, either. either, either. But considering worked. the game was in Chicago, I'm guessing yeah. nobody gave a rat's ass about Mr. FedEx. I wouldn't think so. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, speaking of the Bears, we've got our tailgate coming up November 6th, our second tailgate of the year, uh, right near the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan. Go to allchgo.com to buy your tickets. Come join us. Come hang out. There's going to be booze. There's going to be beers. There's going to be food. There's going to be music, prizes, games, all sorts of fun stuff. 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. You do not need a ticket to the Bears game to attend. So just come and hang out with the CHGO crew. We're all going to be there uh, drinking it up, laughing it up, having a good time before Bears and Dolphins. So allchgo.com. There are a couple different ticket options available. Uh, so come join us. It's a great time, a great value. You are going to eat and drink until your heart's content or until your heart explodes. Whatever comes first, uh, it's there for you at the CHGO Bears tailgate. So make hopefully, sure you join us. Hopefully it doesn't explode. <laughs> it's a challenge. The CHGO Heart Explosion Challenge. That's a true <laughs> Chicago podcast, my friend. We're going to need to get, we're gonna need to get a, a defibrillator company to sponsor us before then. <laughs> Brilliant. See? Now you're on it. Get, get Chris on the line. We got to let him know. Defibrillators are us. That's, That's got to be a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> if it's not, it is now. All right. So we'll be with you uh, tomorrow in studio, 2.30. And then remember, Wednesday, we're hoping to have that com- We are going to have a conversation with Danny and Jamie. Uh, very much looking forward to that. And before we wrap up, I want to remind you, we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. For Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. We'll talk to you tomorrow live from the studio 
at 2.30 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.